What is up, Kangaroo Chasers, and welcome to the final episode of Season 2 of our pod. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you enjoy it, I encourage you to have a listen to some previous episodes, like Episode 50 called Hunters and Kummels, which features tonight's guest, uh, Maddie Church, and also features Kummels' goat, Stanley Jean, as well on that episode. I'm Michael Carboni. This is Episode 89 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. And I'm happy to announce that with me for this episode once again, and we've snuck him in just before the November 1 uh, deadline. He's back for season three. He's re-signed to Chasing Kangaroos. He's the biggest tiger. How are you, buddy? I'm very well, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you also for your fantastic intro to last week's episode. It was um, excellent to listen to you again, uh, you know, doing your golden points solo, like like in your basement. Oh, no, you used to do them in the car. You still doing them in the car? I'm in the car again, mate. I'm in the car again. I'm Look. in the car right now, too, uh, Carlos. This yes, is so high five, high five. In the, mo- <laughs> the mobile studios. So you've been kicked out yeah. of the house like me as well, I, I see. That's cool. Yeah, this is this is the Darren Center of Excellence Studios <laughs> that I now travel around in. And so, um, the Darren and so I'm Center out here of tonight. Excellence Studios. I love it. <laughs> That's uh, that was nominated by uh, one of uh, one of my friends, Fat Harry Lazy. He came up with that name. It's an excellent name. So anyway, yeah, that's where I'm. I've, I'm out here with you, um, but with it without you. So more things change than while they stay the same. We're just about to roll into to season three, and yet here we are, both recording episodes remotely in our cars. It's fantastic. Well, we're meant to record in the studio tonight uh, with Mercho, yep. but things changed. Of course, we had to record a little bit later. But you guys at home or in the car or having a jog, or walking the dog, <laughs> or on the train, or wherever you are, same place as always. It'll still be at the same time as usual. And as always, plenty to talk about as well, big man. Um, I'm going to start. Let's let's quickly talk about some NRL, because we had some semifinals over the weekend. I've got to say, man, that Canberra Roosters game was like the best game I've seen all year. And I haven't seen all the games, so that's a disclaimer. I haven't seen all the games. But that one there was an absolute fucking cracker. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they both were. Yeah. Like the, that Rabbits game was also electric. No, you're right. Uh, the, both of those games and and also the uh, the Roosters, um, the NRLW Roosters game was excellent. It was just such a fantastic round of of football. But the Canberra game, I, I now can see Canberra and Rabbits both like causing upsets. I'm the same. It's unlikely, uh, no. but it, it's happening. It could happen. All four teams that are left are on fire. Absolute on fire. Yeah. And like I could yeah. see a com- any combination that's possible being in the grand final. And I know a couple of weeks ago, you and I both said that it would be a Storm Panthers final and, and it was looking yeah. very likely and it's probably still likely. They're both the favorites, but like, has your mind changed in the last couple of weeks? If I still had to put money on it, it's still those ones. But, but um, if someone says to me, uh, you know, someone goes into a time machine and says, actually it ends up being Raiders rabbits. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised with them. I'd, yeah. I'd be more surprised they had a time machine, but the, um, I think uh, that would be a glorious to see a Rabbits Raiders grand final. That's so unlikely at the moment. Well, it's not even that unlikely. I don't know how to describe it. It'd just be so fun. I don't think. I think because Melbourne and Penrith have been so dominant all year, we saw we finally saw the Roosters 
not get there. So that was exciting. Yeah. And now, you know, Parramatta were probably, ne- you know, in the last few weeks, everyone was thinking Parramatta's probably not going to get there. So that's not too shocking. But if Melbourne or Penrith really get knocked out, then this is NRL chaos and I'm all here for it. It is crazy. It will be unexpected. I mean, Penrith, Melbourne, oh, probably the favourites, but... In my mind, the best forward in the world at the moment is Josh Papali for Canberra. Yep. Yeah, and the best mm-hmm. back in the world, in my opinion, at the moment is is Cody Walker for South. So the two of the best players right now. I'm not saying overall or year, but right now, right yeah, at yeah. this second, best back and best forward in the world. But I'm I'm gonna I've changed my opinion um, from Pan, uh, Panthers and Storm, big man. And uh, you know, mm. whenever whenever we get down to the business end, I start going with my heart instead of my head. And my heart is starting to tell me that the Raiders are going to do it. And I reckon it's going to be a Raiders-Panthers grand final. Fuck. Big. And so oh, so you finally found a team. Because I know you said before you weren't sure just yet who, who you were going to end up loving. But you've, you've played it slow and you've just eased your way in and you found out that you're really actually a Canberra fan for this finals game. I've played it this slow. The, the, the Raiders yeah. clicked and I was very impressed. And, and like I said, Josh Papali, I think he's... Uh, I think he's my favourite player at the moment, non-Dragons. So I'm um, loving watching the Raiders and, yeah, good luck to all four teams left. They all deserve it. But I think I'm back in the Raiders for the rest of this thing. The Raiders and um, Canberra game is – sorry, the Raiders and Storm game is actually an excellent um, demonstration of how great the Pacific Island nations are going at the moment in rugby league because they are littered with excellent players uh, and expansions working so well in this part of the world that you can see – I mean, all top four teams, Parramatta also have have a lot of them, but the Melbourne and Canberra is going to be a fantastic demonstration of, of people like Papali, but also um, Josh, no, the fullback Chans was so great on the weekend, and, and oh, it's just it's super exciting. But that's that's talking about Melbourne. Melbourne was an episode we looked at last week, and something that I heard last week yeah. was that Serbia football finally lit up. <laughs> yep, Serbia. I was standing. I was walking through an aisle of Woolworths doing some shopping and heard that my boy's partisan finally broke the drought. <laughs> so you heard it first on our podcast. You heard it from yeah. me. <laughs> no, well, I think I would have read it on your Instagram trying to find myself a golden point. Um, but yes, no, you're absolutely right. I heard it from you. I was so excited for the partisan boys. And I think if I can do my first golden point, I think they got up again this week. Am I right about that? Sure thing, mate. Yeah. You, do you know who they played and what the score was? Uh, I mean... I know the score was 88 to 8. Yep, I can't correct. remember the team name. <laughs> they played Rudniki Nish, and it was 88 oh, okay. to 8. So that's a good golden point, big man, and I'll add to it for you. you. But the the game was actually played in, uh, I'm going to try and pronounce this one, Babushnika, which is about three hours. excellent. How good is it? Was that all right? It's about, it's I about, love that. <laughs> it's a great word, and you've read it beautifully. Babushnika. It's about three hours south. Uh, driving from Belgrade, the capital over there in Serbia. And the, the, the beauty is it's a big expansion story because the municipality of Babushnika, they covered all expenses for this game as a form of promotion of rugby league in the hope of establishing a new club in that part oh. of the world. So uh, we're talking about, you know, Melbourne Storm last week. Babushnika could be the storm of uh, Serbian rugby league, mate. And they scored twice? Is that how they got the eight? Yeah, I think so. I assume so. I don't. Yeah, know. I didn't yeah, go into that much too. detail. No one's taking a penalty. And eight, no one's taking a penalty. No one's scoring, converting, and then kicking a penalty when they're they're losing by eighty. So no, you, yeah, they probably scored twice. Eighty-eight to eight. I mean, that's got to be lucky for some some nationalities, yeah. right? Eight, eight, eight. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, good, good, good work by Partisan, continuing their winning ways, and um, yeah, good work in Serbia. Sticking in Serbia, mate. Gold, my golden point, my first one. So uh, it's it's actually France via Serbia. 
But the French Elite 2 kicked off over the weekend, and my highlight was former Red Star Belgrade and Serbian international centre, Radko Trifonovic, who I think might be a listener of the podcast. A big shout-out to you, Radko, and well done, mate, who scored on debut for the Cup and Terrors in the opening Yay. five minutes of their 28-14 to win over Lyon. And the Cup and Terrors, I think, means the Bulls. So the Bulls won 28-14. Uh, Radko scored in the opening five minutes. He also got man of the match. So sensational stuff to see, you know. And there's And I think there's probably about... I read today, and hopefully my translation was right, so correct me if I'm wrong, any of the Serbians that are listening, Radko, you might be able to correct me, but I think there's mm. four Serbian players in that Cup and Terra side in the Elite 2 over in France, so plenty of Serbians, plenty of Greeks over there as well, and um, good to see um, good to see that sort of thing happening over there and some other nations getting a shot and a chance to develop through a pretty decent, a pretty decent league pyramid over there in France. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm loving the trickle-up system that's happening a bit in Europe. Um, saying in that part of the world, I'm going to do one in Poland. Oh, nice. I'm going to congratulate the Warsaw Tritons, the Polish Rugby League champions, who won the grand final against the Lodz Magpies 28-18. My heart does love a magpie. Close one. But it was great to see the Warsaw <laughs> Tritons get up. And we don't see enough Tritons in rugby league mascots. It's a very unique one. And, and shout-out to Tech and Tech... I know you're listening, buddy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try your last name. I don't think. I don't think an Aussie would do it justice. But he's always given us great news over there. He's one of the founders of the of the Triton side, and he's been giving us plenty of information about this grand final and what was happening over there. A uh, big shout out as well to the referee Misha yeah. Vakadranu, <laughs> who refereed the match in Pol um in Poland for that grand final two weeks after refereeing the Test match in the Netherlands between. The Dutch and Germany. What a legend. Of course, was wearing yeah. that Chasing Kangaroos uh, Netherlands referees jersey, which was fantastic. And w- we all know how tough it is at the moment to travel between borders anywhere, let alone between countries in Europe at the moment. So well done. Well done to, to Misha. Um, yeah, probably probably one of the best referees over in Europe, I'd say, at the moment in that part of the world. And a fantastic photo of him that you put on uh, the Chasing Kangaroos social. So if you're not on, if you are on Insta and you're not following Chasing Kangaroos, get around Carbs. He's- he finds the best photos of everyone that, to spruik the stories. And he looked like a kind of bloke that if he told you you were offside, you'd get back onside as quick as you can. He, he looked like he was in control for sure. You would definitely get onside if he told you. I made golden points. <laughs> and this is another one of those um, trickling up pyramids that you're talking about. So this one's Wales via Salford or Salford via okay. Wales even. So the Salford Red Devils in the Welsh Rugby League have announced a strategic partnership which will provide a potential player pathway for young Welsh players to the Super League. So this is fantastic and, um, yeah, great to see, like, because we talk about how we mention it on this show all the time, how we're seeing, you know, the, the Papua New Guinean players starting to trickle through the uh, NRL pathways and we yeah. see Fijians trickling through more and more because of Cavite Silktails. We've got Pacific Trez as well, and it's all happening over here. And we keep harping on about how something like this needs to happen in Europe. We need to see more French mm. players, more Welsh players, more Irish players, more Scottish players trickling up through into some pathways into the Super League. And it's great to see Wales and, and, and Salford um, being able to do this. And hopefully we, we see some, some good young Welsh players coming up through the Super League, which is going to be great for International Rugby League as a whole. Yeah. Now, the West Wales Raiders, yeah. they're pa- they're, they've got a Raiders like similar to the Canberra Raiders. you think that's where it's been inspired from? I think so, yeah. Potent- well, potentially. Yeah. Potentially. Because one thing that you and I kept talking about, Carboni, is that we want to keep track of really great and unique um, mascots. And so 
and that should be a real goal for us for season three because we talk about it a lot. So I'm already loving the um, the Tritons. So I've got to try and keep track of that one. <laughs> yep. Um, but what do you want to try and do with that? Do you think? Do you think we just try and like write them down and then give them a quick shout out each week when we find a great one, or do we do we do like one episode on crazy mascots or? I reckon that's a great idea. Let's let's add it to the whiteboard, mate, for season three episodes. Yeah. That could be a good one. Chuck it up there. Hey, speaking of the <laughs> West Wales Raiders, you remember Rangy Chase? He played for the Tigers, didn't he? Rangy Chase? Yeah, didn't oh, he play for the West Tigers? He played for the Dragons. I think he started at the Tigers. Um, and he play, yeah, he played in the NRL, went over to the Super League, won, won, won the Man of Steel, great player. He's just signed with right. the West, West Wales Raiders as well in League One. So um, probably he's probably... He'd probably be close to our age, Big T, to be honest with you. But along with um, the poor bastard, <laughs> yeah, poor bastard. Along with the um, the Welsh international union player Gavin Henson, who also signed with West Wales yes. a few weeks ago, they got a few a few uh, a, a few experienced heads in that team, and uh, well known well known in those parts of the world as well. So West Wales Raiders, um, you know, hopefully they get some wins this year with some of the experience they've got on board. Now, just speaking of that, this is completely off topic. Hit me. But just reminding me about signing people, bringing in experience. How have you had a ch- chance to watch much of the NRLW and, and those sevens players running around? Oh, good, weren't they? I've seen it. I saw the. Uh, oh. I, yeah, saw them in the first round. Um, sensational. Good to see the best, the best rugby players in the world of uh, yep. of women's rugby playing in the best rugby women's competition in the world, the NRLW. I love it. Yep. And and the thing that we see across the world outside of Australia and New Zealand is that rugby and and league can live harmoniously. In fact, they need to if they're going to survive against everyone else. And it's great to see that the NRLW is is also playing that narrative out that we can have the best rugby players, league or union, playing in our competition. And and it's yeah, it's just fantastic to watch. And it's great to see it transition so well. Um, I've got I'm going to do an America's one golden point to the Americas. The yeah. Board of International Rugby League has announced a six-step process to create new regional confederations for the administration of the sport. Now, this is something I think you already brought up, isn't it? Yeah, we mentioned. This is something you were alluding to a few weeks ago. We were alluding to it. We've mentioned it. Uh, well, it was mentioned at the uh, RLEF um, yeah, conference meeting. Um, yeah. Now, the International Rugby League has voted in favour as well, and they've set up this six-step six proposal. So we're talking America's Rugby League. We're talking MEA rugby league as well, which is great. I think I think there's there's obviously going to be a bit of a work in progress here. So there's some committee members set up from both parts, and I think this is going to take. I read today that it might take about uh, maybe two years before we really see this come into fruition. Um, what basically needs to happen is we need to see ten members from each. So just to give you an idea, Big T, of what that why that might take a little while is. Currently in the Americas, the um, IR International Rugby League members, for either full members or observers or what have you, like whatever status, we've got yeah. USA have status, Canada have status, Jamaica have status, um, I think, uh, sorry, Chile have status and Colombia have status and Brazil might as well now actually. So that's five or six nations that have either full or observer status. Um, or affiliate status with International Rugby League. So they, well, they would need four or five more to be able to form this, this America's Confederation, for example. And the mm. MEA side of things would be quite similar. They'd have similar numbers. So they really got to help some of these nations push along, get all their ducks in a row, get their, their domestic competitions happening, and get affiliated, which is great. It's great for a few reasons. So it helps with the GAIS-F membership, which 
which basically dictates whether or not we are a recognized sport around the world, which I know sounds ridiculous. Right. We talk about it all the time, but the more nations we have involved, uh, the easier it's going to be for these nations to get things like government funding, recognition, yep. support, et cetera, et cetera. So, I've, you know, it's, it's important. Um, it might seem like a little bit of political red tape and things like that, but it's very important that this sort of goes down. And I think, you know, Romeo Monteith on the American side, Jamaican, Jamaica, the Jamaican, our Jamaican friend and Ramon Safi from MEA side, they're, they're now going to have some help and um, they're going to do all they can to make this happen. So I think, I think personally, it's really good news and I can't wait to, to watch it progress over the next couple of years. Yeah, but also what it shows all those nations that are already there and all the nations that aren't there but want to be, that, that, that everyone else is believing they can make it. So that seeing that the IRL saying, we want this to happen, here's the goal, you know, there are vacant spots and, and, and we believe they'll get filled. So that's a, real, that's a real sign from them that there's something good that's happening here and they believe that something can grow. So, yeah, it seems like a real vote of confidence and, and I'm excited about it too. Sensational, mate. And look, that's that's all my golden points for tonight. I've just got a message from our guest, mate. It might be time to give him a buzz and bring him in. But I will say, for more golden points, check us out on Facebook at Chasing Kangaroos. Check us out on Instagram at Chasing Kangaroos Podcast. And check us out on Twitter. It's at Chasing Roos Pod uh, or The Biggest Tiger, of course, as well. And uh, like <laughs> I said, like we said at the start, this is the last episode of season two. But we're not going to be away for too long, Big T. We'll be back. We're just going to have a little break for the rest of the finals, the grand final. We're going to sit back and enjoy State of Origin, and probably around December time, we'll come back and kick off Season 3. It's going to be bigger and better than ever. Season 3 of Chasing Kangaroos, more hashtag Grow Rugby League action <laughs> and fun. And uh, we can't we can't go to our, our guest for this evening or for, for today, whenever you're listening, without mentioning our partners and sponsors, Mascord Browns, mascordbrowns.com, mascordbrowns.com.au. Of course, 2020 Vision is your code word, your exclusive code word, Kangaroo Chasers, for 10% off anything. And um, I'd be eyeing out, mate, the Catalans Barcelona kit, which is back in stock, I saw from uh, from our friends Phil and Steve earlier this week. So I don't know if you've seen it, Big T, before, but it was... Yeah. Uh, oh. yeah, yeah. Have you got... You might even have one. I don't have one yet. I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I looked at it and loved it because I was just thinking that part of the world w- wants that kind of marriage. Like, it's just... Red Star's doing such a great job of it. It's so great to see Barcelona um, and Catalan, that Barcelona-Catalan vibe. It's, it looks like such an excellent jersey. And um, I saw it on your socials or their socials, and I'm glad you brought it up because I was going to talk about it because that most of, it's the, uh, billions of people love soccer and they would love to see that that, um, that crossover is working really well there and, and that that part of the world is recognising it's, it's also it's a heritage thing. Because that Catalonia-Barcelona thing was such a great cultural marriage and celebration. So it's a jersey that represents not just um, those teams, but also that cultural celebration, that togetherness and and that real vibe. Such a great game as well. It's something you you kind of touched on before. You talk about it a fair bit about how the rugby sort of work together in some parts of the world. There's still a lot of parts of the world where they don't. But I think it's a very sort of North American thing where different sports from the same region sort of are friends. You know, we saw all the yes. all the Toronto basketball and baseball and hockey teams getting behind the Toronto Wolfpack recently. And this sort yes. of thing happens. Yep. Like if you're in New York, if you're, you know, the Yankees and the Giants and the, and the Knicks, they're all mates. But for some reason, you know, in Australia, this doesn't happen. But I love seeing this, you know, Barcelona 
and um and Catalan sort of sort of relationship going on. I'd love to see it here as well. Like imagine like the Parramatta Eels wore a Western Sydney Wanderers strip one year to celebrate. I don't know the the area and the and the you know it's just I don't know. Look, we're probably a bit far. Well, we almost did it, did we? We almost did it. So so the West Tigers were were in partnership with doing that with the Western Sydney Wanderers. We could get a double membership oh, um, out at Campbelltown. Yeah, yeah. Um, that that's still in the works. So I won't talk too much about it. But there's they're still trying to do that because that's a real smart one with soccer, particularly in Australia. They're they're in each other's off seasons. So to have partnerships like that would be really would really really sensible. But you're absolutely right. In so many other parts of the world, particularly America. North America, where they have their sports fans. So you come from Philadelphia, yeah. so you like all the Philadelphia sports teams. You don't, you're not a rugby league person, so you don't like any other sport. You are that town, you're that city, and so you like all those things. And so, yeah, yeah that's obviously what's happening here with that Barcelona Catalonia. So the Catalans Barcelona kit. It would be, sure. it would be smart, mate. And look, I love bagging out rugby union and AFL as much as the next guy, but I also think it would be smart to for everyone to come together. And it's all in good fun, right? So good stuff. But um yep, season three coming soon. But we're gonna we're gonna end it with a bang. We've got of course you guys have been listening and I've been listening too, loving it every single week. Our little bonus podcast with Maddie Church, yeah. the the coach of the uh, SP Hunter uh, PNG Hunters. And obviously he hasn't had a lot of coaching to do this year because the the Queensland Cup was called off, but he's been watching um, he's been watching the PNG Digicel Cup very closely and giving us his five to ten minutes uh, sh- spiel of each round this season. It's coming to an end. It's almost grand final time, and we thought, what a great way to end season two of Chasing Kangaroos than by getting Matty Church to talk to Cubs and Big T about the season and all things rugby league. Bringing us all together. We've been working in all different parts all season, and now we're coming together for one big bang. I love it. Well, let's do it. Let's get him in the room, and Mercho might have to do some fancy editing here while we try and add him to the call. <laughs> magic of radio. The magic of radio, the magic of podcasting. Let's get Maddie Church on the line. Here we go. This might work. Big T's on hold as we call Maddie Church. Cubs. Maddie, how you going? I got Big T on the other line. I'm just going to merge the call. Big T, you've got Maddie on the other line as well. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> hey T, how you going? I'm very well, mate. So you guys couldn't hear that groovy music. What was that, mate? I was on hold. Was I on hold? Someone was on hold, but we're all back and we're recording, oh. mate. How was your uh, how was your dinner, Maddie? Uh, it was great. You know, you'd be uh, Italian, you'd be very surprised, Tubbs. So Mate. Um, wouldn't surprise me at all. Look. Beautiful little uh, local Italian place, mate. So, what do you have? Um, well, I, I just had the pizza tonight, but usually I go the uh, the gnocchi bolognese. Oh, sounds delicious, mate. What sort of? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! So you go to, you go to an Italian restaurant with your partner, and you order a pizza and eat just the pizza. You don't share the pasta. You don't get two things. Well, it's couples' night, so the local they do couples' night. So for fifty bucks, they do you do entree, a shared entree. Uh, main meal and dessert, and then you get a glass of wine uh, and tea and coffee at the end. You might as well give him the full plug, Churchy. What's what's the what's the restaurant called, and where is it? Uh, Elio's <laughs> restaurant and Karina um, um, Heights. So. Elio's restaurant, Karina Heights, ten yeah. percent off. Masquerade <laughs> twenty 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 vision. <laughs> go there on a, go there on a Monday. It's couples night. So it's, uh, <laughs> 
I still can't believe I still can't believe you'd go with someone you wouldn't order a pizza and pasta and then you both share the pizza and pasta. Even if you're getting a main each, Matthew, you're crazy. You're crazy. Uh, no, well, it's just not how we roll, mate. It's not how we roll. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. How is um how is Queensland going, Maddie? Obviously, we haven't uh, haven't been able to cross the border for quite some time now. Everything okay up there? Yeah, no, it's all going going good here. We um very obviously there's been a fair bit of talk around the country about how how stringent Queensland have been, and um, I think that's probably one thing that's kept us at a very low rate. Um, so yeah, no, we're going all right, mate. Starting to come into summer, it's getting hot. I'm back on the tools doing some work, so. Sounds uh, great, mate. I'm, I'm sweating my backside off. So. <laughs> Sounds good, mate. Well, hopefully we can come up and see you soon. They reckon November one, the border might yeah, be open again, but it, I guess it depends on uh, depends on how things go, mate. I want to start. I want to kick things off here. So Big T and I have just had our golden points. We've been talking you up and very excited about getting you on the show again, uh, second time on the official Chasing Kangaroos podcast. But of course, now you're a regular, mate. You're a you're a, you're a professional at this whole podcasting thing now with your weekly. Did you sell cup segments? So I wanted to give you a little chance to give us a little bit of a live read, your little semi-final wrap-up from the round that was in Did You Sell Cup last week, if you're ready to go. Yeah, yeah, ready to go. Um, it's actually good to be talking to someone. I feel a little bit robotic just doing the pod by myself. So. <laughs> let's let's do it, mate. Let's yeah, do it. Let's so, see how we go. Um, yeah, so the preliminary final of the Did You Sell Cup happened over the weekend with uh, Hella Wigman taking on the Rebel Gorillas. So the Rebel Gorillas were minor premiers. And Wigman actually finished in fourth position. So, um, we, uh, sorry, Gurian's got off to a good start. They got a try through John Ravi Jr. in the sixth minute. Um, and he then backed that up on the, in the fourth eighth and then scored again. Um, uh, Watson, Watson Bowers kicked a, kicked a penalty goal in between um, to lead 10 0. He missed both of his conversions, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, after that point, uh, Wigman basically just camped down in, on the Gorian's try line for about 10 minutes and they just kept turning them away and turning them away um, for, for that 10-minute period. And they pretty much went set to set for the next oh, probably five five to eight minutes. And um, the Gorian's were then again defending their line um, with the big men spreading it wide. And basically all the centre had to do was put his winger away and he passed it straight into the face of the winger for the Gorian's. Mm. It, was, it, was, it was swooped up um, by Watovo Pereira. And uh, it, it, even change of passing between him and, and Watson Boaz, and uh, the length of the field, uh, inexplicably the uh, referee called it back for a knock on. Um, so oh. I'm not quite sure. I've only seen the footage. I don't get the uh, the referee's comments in, in my footage, but um, the referee initially signals played on, and the touch judge keeps up with the play. So I'm not quite sure where the call came from, but it was a, um, a Wigman um, trainer standing on the sidelines, so and maybe he called it. Wow. Uh, <laughs> So that, that that was um, yeah. So that was pretty much how it was going. It was sort of looked like it was going to be petering out towards the end of the second half, uh, first half, sorry. Um, and then a dangerous throw by the Wigman saw a fifty meter penalty goal attempt from the Gurus. And, and wow! Now it sailed wide, but it, it did sail about ten meters over the dead ball line. Wow! And uh, and then so from the from the twenty two dropout. On that set, it was going to be the, the 40th minute and, and full time, uh, sorry, half time siren rang with Terry Wapley putting in a kick and then it bounced bounced off a Wigman defender, um, was kicked again then by a Grizz player and Wigman guy tried to dive on it, knocked 
knocked on, but it came loose. No. And um, Watson Bowers picked it up and scored underneath the post. Oh, wow. Um, for the referee, once again, to call it back for time time off. Um, oh, yeah, no way. <laughs> the interesting thing with the Digital Cup is uh, they've gone to video ref this year. So in, t- in twice of those occasions, they didn't use the video ref. And um, I thought that was, uh, was very interesting. So that was, that was half time. And in the 46 minute, uh, the Wigman put in a, a, a kick into the in goal. Um, it looked like it was knocked dead by the by the Gurias, but they were remonstrating to the referee, who then went to the video ref and mm. uh, checked what the restart was going to be. So um, he, he used it in that instance, but it was interesting they didn't use it in the two prior to, uh, to wow. half time. Yeah. Um, uh, they got the right, right result there, but um, Wigman then pressed on. Um, in the 50th minute, Solomon Bakari went to the line and gave a nice ball to Tom Moyde, who, who busted his way to the try line right next to the post with uh, Solomon Bakari adding extras, make that 10-6. Um, six minutes later, um, the kick down off that, basically off that kickoff set, um, Wigman put in a kick. He was knocked on by fullback Terry Woppy. Mm. Um, they sent Gilmo Paul over into the corner to, to level up the scores at 10 all. Um, and it stayed that way until full time. Um, basically, both teams had um, enough opportunities to, to ice the game, but yeah. didn't take them. Um, being a final, went into extra time, not golden point. Um, the kickoff for, for the um, first extra time, Wigman turned it over on the first set, 40 metres out oh. of the line, uh, which I would have imagined would have been a nice little opportunity for the experienced Gorillaz players and Watson. Boaz and Watervo Pereira to, to guide them into a position to at least uh, set up for a field goal. They they knocked on on the fourth tackle. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, missing that. Wigman had a, had a chance at field goal in the third minute of extra time, and it sailed wide. And intriguingly enough, another weird decision, he, um, he kicked it from about 35 metres out, and it went dead on the full, and they had a play the ball at that point, not a 20-metre restart with seven tackles. Mm. They're not... Um, and then so we, it stayed that way until the second period of extra time, basically going set for set until the women um, got the footy in, in good position and Solomon Kakari kicked the field goal. Um, Yay. Still two minutes to go, and uh, but the women yeah, gamefully held on to uh, to advance to the grand final. And uh, so the 2020 grand final is a repeat of the 2019 grand final with the late Tigers taking on the Hella Wigman once again. Well, mate, I am... Wow. Uh, I would be standing up and applauding, but I'm sitting in my car, so I can't really stand up. But I lo- loved hearing that live. Big T, I don't know how you feel about it. But, mate, it sounds like it was an absolute cracker of a game. And uh, yeah. it sounds like the Gurias may have got a little bit robbed there in the first half by you know, a couple of opportunities that could have went their way. What's, what's the vibe like over there normally? Like, would their fans would have been pretty uh, pretty pissed off after the game, I would assume. Yeah, so they're fairly. Uh, well, I've been seeing a couple of posts posts today with. Um, so I think I mentioned in the in one of the pods earlier that um, their founding father, yeah, John, John Nottingale, passed away earlier this year. So his um, son Stephen is still, I think, he's managing director of the company, and then he looks after the gurus as well. So he's sometimes coach, sometimes uh, just I guess sponsor. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so he's put up a post. You know, what's what's the point of having video referee if we're not going to use it? Well, um, so mm. yeah, obviously, in the emotion of it all, he, he's uh, he, he's fairly guilty. And um, yeah, social media is a, a fairly new phenomenon in, in PNG. And uh, you know, 
we've seen this year how how we've struggled with it in Australia. So um, being able to being over there, it's, it, it can be pretty brutal as well. So um, there's quite a few Gurias fans pretty upset by um, what happened over the weekend. But that's what he did. They're going to live and die by the decisions and, and move on. They, they had an opportunity to win it, and, and they didn't take it, unfortunately. Yeah, and mate, your um your tips have been pretty shocking during these finals. I've got to say. <laughs> so I don't. I don't know if it's worth asking you who's going to win the grand final, but I'm going to ask anyway. Um, I, I, personally, I um, yeah, I'm obviously tip the Gurias to be taking it out. And uh, what? Last few weeks have been terrible. So um, yeah, the Tigers just being able to get two weeks off in a in a week to week season where everyone's played back to back and there's no buys. You know, I think that's just going to be a huge advantage. And the Wigman coming, oh great, have to do it the hard way. So they played. You know the eleven rounds plus three three weeks final, so they've got to back up for a fourth. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, you know, I thought the Gurus would have dusted them fairly easily on the weekend, and they stood up. They are probably one of the one of the teams that have the least amount of hundreds and Cumbles players playing for them. Yep. Mm. So they've really stood up and, and and given it a crack. So I, uh, I I'm going with the Tigers though. I'm, Excellent. Happy with that one, but um, <laughs> yeah, just their, their big match experience, and you know, as I said, they've they've won three of the last four, and I'm I'm, I'm tipping them to make it four of the past five. Big tease. I mean, was there a lot of drop ball? Was there a lot of drop ball in that game, or was it just because I was watching it through you telling me it that it just felt like there was a low drop ball? No, there was. Yeah, that's that's one of the major concerns with it all. Um, it's this is again my take on it. Um, they don't have the the amount of quality coaching that we have in Australia. So, you know, these guys get to, to open age groups and, and men and they really have a skill set that's probably around like a 16, like, you know, an elite 16-year-old player back here in Australia. Yep. Um, mm. So it's just one of those things and, um, yeah, it's, it's a little bit, to me it's a bit weird how it works out because the game's slower so you'd think you'd have your attention to detail but, I guess it's what you what you used to and what you what you do it, you know, throughout time and what habits you have that you know create that. And if no one's there to correct, yeah, it, then it's going to um and, and heighten it more when it, when you're under fatigue, basically. A good um good yeah. example of that, mate, is obviously Justin Ollum. You know, so he's come up through the system. He's played Queensland Cup, and the player that he has become, like arguably one of the best centres, if not the best centre in the world at the moment. Um, and I might be biased to players that aren't Australian, English, or Kiwi, maybe in this instance, but um, absolutely fantastic. And just sort of proof of what what you're saying, Maddie, like the that quality of coaching. If it was there, then these guys would be coming through quick and fast, and there'd, there'd be a hundred of them in the NRL right now. Yeah, definitely. Like, I totally agree. And Justin, you know, Justin is a perfect example of that. Um, you know, it took him two and a half years since he left the Hunters program yep. um, to become an NRL, an out-and-out NRL player, and he pretty much can't can't see him not being the left centre for Melbourne for, for years to come, um, just off, off the back of his persistence and hard work. And, you know, it was a story I read the other week. Someone asked Craig Bellamy about about Justin, and he pretty much said, you know, 18 months ago, no one would have actually envisaged this. Yeah. But Justin's smart enough to know that just making it to the storm was only part of the journey. Yeah, right. Get there, and and you know, I spent a bit of time with Justin last year at the Falcons, and um, God, he would 
the 18th, 19th man for the um, for Melbourne quite a lot at the start of last year. So he'd fly into Brisbane and I'd pick him up and we'd go up the sunny coast again. So um, talking to him about all that, he said, you know, when I left and went to Melbourne, he goes, I thought I did everything right because I was getting picked up. Yeah. But when I got to Melbourne, every habit that I had was the opposite of what Craig wanted. So mm. that takes so much work to, you know, to unlearn a habit. Yeah. So, mm. um, so yeah, that's why that's why I see the coaching at the at the lower levels in PNG is is the blueprint to the to them being a world power and us having you know sixty seventy PNG players qualifying to play in the NRL as opposed to just a handful. You know, there's only I think there's only three PNG born yeah. in the NRL at the moment. There's obviously more with you know, you've got like your Dan Russells and stuff who are playing tests. Yep. playing you know, lower, lower grades and that with the Cowboys, but um, that qualifies your parents or whatever. Um, right. P&G born, um, you know, there's only Justin, um, I think Xavier Coates and Nene McDonald. Oh, yeah, Nene's, right. Nene's back, isn't he? Yeah. 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 So, so there's, yeah, there might be one or two more, but it's certainly not, you know, we're certainly not at the level of like what Samoa are doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I think last last time I read a stat, it was like they've Samoa have like eighty four players. Well, there's eighty four players in the NRL of Samoan heritage, and yeah. you know, not all of them were born in Samoa, not all of them were developed in Samoa. But um, but if you know if, if you they, look at the populations between them yeah. and and PNG, where PNG are like on, I think they're touching on nine million. Um, and and I think that's probably not quite right because they might not account at the other ones who are out in the, the farm and stuff when they did the census. But um, yeah, well, um, yeah, if, you know that sort of numbers and the amount of people that actually play rugby league in PNG. Yeah, we should our numbers should be should be greater than what we've got at the moment. The numbers should be much greater. You mentioned Samoa there as well. They they identify whether they're born there or their parents were born there. They identify as Samoan. The Tongans yeah. are the same. And I, I read an article today about uh, Jerome Luai, the the Panthers five eight, saying yeah. that um he his heart is with Samoa. He rather represents Samoa than New South Wales. And um even though he was born in Nepean Hospital in in out in um Western Sydney, so. Um, As a Queenslander, I like that. <laughs> I'm sure you do, mate. I'm sure you do. Well, the thing is, he can play both under the rules, so he yeah. can play for New South Wales and for Samoa, which I think is fantastic as well. So, but yeah, mate, yeah. as a Queenslander, mate, what do you? you we'll, we'll go off t- topic for a little bit. I want, I do want to ask you about state of origin because um, the side you look you, like you're falling apart. Yeah, what, what's going on there? Like, what do you? Uh, the only, the only saving grace is that speaking of coaches. Probably the greatest of all oh, yeah. time is there, but yeah, um, what are your thoughts this year, mate? Is it a complete write-off? Should us New South Welshmen and women be be celebrating from now, or are, are we just getting too far ahead of ourselves? Oh, look, you guys do that. We we, we love to prove you wrong when you when you start <laughs> acting that way. So, um, yeah, I think if any more pull out, I might actually get a game. Um, yep, yeah, which <laughs> um, you know, it's always been a dream. So. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, on a serious note, well, to me, there's a lot of 2006 about this this one. There's, right. there's a lot of older guys who have put on notice or not actually picked. You know, like um, like Moose McGuire, they've, they've left him out of the squad. And yeah, uh, there's a lot of younger guys coming through. Um, you know, or, or, or having worked with Harry Grant personally, he's you know he's got everything you need, and I think we've seen that at what he's done with the Tigers. 
So there's guys yeah. ready to step up into those positions. Yeah. Um, the, the only only real concern for me is is probably our centres. Like, um, yeah. the, you know, there's talk of Branko Lee, and and I love what Branko's done at the Storm this year. But if, if I would have been picking him off what he'd done previously to that, then yeah, to me he was a million miles away. He's yeah. Obviously, proved out of sight. Um, he's actually been. You know, he's always been pretty good on his feet and been able to get a ball away, but his defense, defensively he's been really good. Yep. Uh, and I, I guess someone like him, it, it helps the fact that he defends next to um, Kapusi. Yep. Who will be probably one of the first picks for the Origin score. Yep. Yeah. Uh, from what's left over. So, yeah, to me there's a lot of that um, that 2006, and I'm not saying that it's gonna, they're going to go on an eight series run, but it's going to be that, that opportunity to give guys, you know, a, an eight, ten-year career at origin level, um, and, and maybe more if you have someone hang around as long as Cameron Smith does. But yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm excited for it because there's a lot of young guys, and you know, in the I've, I've, I've worked with or coached quite a few of the, the debutants that have been named in the train-on sport. So I'm excited for those guys. Um, really pumped. So we've got to start using you for more of your contacts, mate. And just get, get them on the show. Like it sounds like you've worked with a, a whole host of them, and it's it's interesting that you mentioned the centres there being a, a weak point because I think in the last couple of years the way the game or the NRL in particular evolved with the two referees, centres were becoming less and less. I won't say less and less important, but they were less and less like the centres that we we're used to seeing play, and they were more like just defensive and 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 link men between the halves and the wingers. This year, the way the game, back to the one referee and with the, the six again rule, the centres become really important again and they're now like game breakers and try scorers again. So it's an important spot and I hope they get it right because I want it to be a close series. I don't want it to be a blowout. I'm not saying it will be, but I don't know, Big T, like it's funny how the Queenslanders won 11 from 12 and they never really talked themselves up and here we are, New South Welshmen, winning a couple and we're confident as hell. So it's, it's, it's full on. What, how do you think we're going to go? Me? Oh, well, I think the centres are an interesting one because we're also in a bit of trouble with centres, right? Like, we, we often jam Jack Whiten in there or there's chat of us jamming Gutho in there um, this season. So outside of Josh um, Jamoz, there's not many people who are specialised centres except for, well, Luttrell was but uh, and maybe um, Roberts was. Um, but, yeah, I just don't see... Um, I see we on both teams. It looks like a, a weird spot at the moment for centres. It's yeah, it's going to be an interesting origin. But um, so Maddie, let's go back to some some PNG chat. And obviously, Maddie, at the start of this season, you're getting into I think it's your second year as coach of of the SPPNG Hunters. Is that right? Well, first year, yeah, first year. First year getting into it, and obviously the season, we well, didn't really get to get to take on that role because the Queensland Cup was called off and. Explain what sort of what's been happening and how you've had to sort of, I guess, watch from afar and you know explain what this season has sort of turned out for you as as the coach of this side. Oh yeah, so I think you know the build up to round one. We only got as far as round one, but the build up to round one, um, going into PNG and and having that background with you know in the Queensland um, Emerging Origin program and. And having worked for the Melbourne Storm previously, yep. you, you bring with you, you a lot of experience and, and a lot of high quality and, and operation all sort of things as well um, to the role. So, it, you know, I think I've used an analogy before that it's kind of felt like 
I was 30, 30% coaching and about 70% trying to improve the standards of the organisation. Yep. Um, and obviously the way that it's now played out, that we've played round one and then the season got cancelled, um, I've been probably working in that other space a lot more than what would normally happen in terms of, you know, if the season had gone ahead. Um, so on a personal level, that exposure to that um, has given me a greater understanding of the other side of the business, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm grateful for that. and I guess you've got to always try and, the, try and find the positives out of any circumstance and especially one where, you know, you work pretty hard to get yourself in a position to get a role and, and it's all over after one game. can be, I guess, a pretty negative feeling and, and I, I certainly felt that. Like I certainly um, missed the routine that, that rugby league's provided by having to be back here in Brisbane and not be around it. So, yep. um, I've, you know, I've tried to keep in touch as much as possible with players and staff. It's, it's difficult at times because they don't have internet connection around the country, so they've all gone back to their, their franchises, so it's actually hard to get a hold of some players because yeah. they don't have, don't have the greatest um, technology or, um, you know, we provide them with, with data when they're at the Hunters, so even if they were, if they were just with us, then you know, I'd be able to get in contact with them, but because they're sent back to their digital Cup franchises, it makes it harder to get in touch with them, yep. um, you know, to give them feedback and to give them a piece of paper to say, you know, you want your work on this. So it's try and work out as best you can and punch it through staff and um, who might be at that facility or at that, that franchise to, to get to them and get in touch with them. So it's it's been challenging, very challenging. Um, but I, I look at it as a positive as well. Like, as I said before, you know, it's, it's given me that exposure to the other sort of things. Yeah. Um, I guess the hardest, you know, people ask me, about it and I don't it, when I say it's a challenge it's not a challenge of working with the players and stuff they're awesome I love working with them um, it, it becomes from the support and the management side of things um, but in PNG they like to have that mentality of, well this is PNG and this is how we do it yep. and, and people don't know what they don't know so it's hard to change that mindset yep. um, so yeah working with, with that and just getting management and the board and then to understand what what correct support looks like for the players and for the staff and for that sort of stuff. That, that's been, I guess, the challenge. It's not a challenge to coach or what I can bring to the PNG Rugby League. You know, I'll back what I've learnt and, and, the, and the experience and the coaches I've been exposed to. Um, that's the confident side of things that I bring to the table. But it's, the challenge is not the players and the staff. It's more the, the support and the network around it and how we you know, I spoke earlier in that podcast we did at the start of the year. Yeah, I'm a big passion on their welfare, a big passion on educating these guys, and whether whether it's through education or whether we give them um, work placement or you know give them on the job experience, we need to be doing that sort of stuff. And yeah, it's, it's throwing a bit of spanner in the works in terms of that, and not being able to allocate and do those things. Yeah. Um, but the other side of that is that. Um, We've, we've organised some defect funding to, to have a welfare officer for 2021. That's great. Um, to, to have a commercial manager in a position so that they're generating, you know, money coming in and, and we're, we're, we're obviously keeping the hunters viable from that point of view. But yep. the education and wellbeing officer is going to be, you know, a great asset to me because I can um, just lean on them and, and, and tell them what I want it to look like. You know, I'm, I want to give these guys these opportunities, but... I need someone else to pick that up and do it. I, know, I can't do it myself. I've got enough, a big enough job with the coach. Yeah. 
and the other side of things. So, yeah, it's been a challenge, but um, yeah, there's other there's positives that you can take out of it. And I think that's it. the only way you've got to look at it as a coach. Is there a is there an example of like maybe a strategy that you had in mind going in that now that you've been immersed in the culture a little bit more, you've seen that maybe that was completely wrong and you've had to sort of, or maybe not completely, but you've had to tweak something about how you do things just to really speak to and get through to, to some of the guys in the squad? Yeah, so obviously when you go into something like PNG, there's 800 languages. Yeah. Uh, there's one, one communal language in top fishing or pidgin. Um, and English is actually their third language. So I initially went there thinking I'm going to coach and coach and pigeon. I would learn it, try and pick it up on the run, coaching it. And yep. then when I got there, I thought, well, hang on, I'm probably doing these guys service because if they if we want them to be coming to Australia and and have Wayne Bennett or Craig Bellamy or going to Super League and have you know Adrian Lamb or, or someone like that coach them, then they're not going to coach in pigeon. Adrian yep. Lamb might, um, <laughs> yep. the rest won't. Yep. Um, so we're not. Do- I think that was the, the kind of thing. I thought, oh, well, I was doing it to connect with them. I guess it was learning the language and connect and try and find a better connection to them. Um, but then when I when I actually landed there, I thought, well, hang on. Our end goal is to get more guys into the NRL. So right, going to get a fair transition for them when they grow up in a village to separate them away from their family. So yeah. when, when I talk about family, I usually talk about. You know, my wife, my my daughter, my stepdaughter. Their family is their brothers, uncles, cousins, anyone yeah. in the village. You know, like that's how connected they are. So that's what their their sense is, and and you see that with a lot of those guys that go overseas. They they don't always maintain their contracts because they get homesick and and they miss their culture and they miss their people. Um, so me. Doing the English and coaching in English was, I guess, my way of okay. Well, let's fast track their transition. Yeah, they get twelve months under me or or twenty four months under me, then that's how we how we would do it. So, and doing it that was that was the hardest part because there's probably four guys who who can't communicate in English in the squad. Um, So it's finding a way to communicate with them and. Um, you know, like I, I would pick up little bits of pigeon and, and be able to converse with them and, and get my point across. I'll get senior players to have a talk to them, you know, right. while there just to get that connection. Um, but what I found was the moment, I, the moment I wrote something down, they got it. Okay. They can read English. They, they actually have phenomenal writing. Wow. Um, they... You know, I'm just a chippy, so I'm used to writing on timber. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. see some of the handwriting on these guys, and you just go, wow. Like, wow. It, to me, it was a shock because it was like, oh, wow, you write better than anyone I've ever seen. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's probably the lack of technology and stuff that they that they have uh... and their exposure to it. So, you know, they obviously don't have iPads and laptops and stuff to take to school, so they, they actually have to have to write it all out. So, yeah, well. Um, so yeah, so I found when I wrote stuff down, um, they, they they got it really well. But with the speech, so if you can slow your speech down, they pick it up a lot a lot better. So yeah, obviously I'm mindful of time and I want to keep everything upbeat when you when you're training. So, but I have to be then keep telling myself just slow slow it down, slow it down. So you don't have to you know don't slow it down like you're talking to a little kid. You just slow it down a little bit. So. Yep. Because I found the same with them. So if they talk in pigeon, 
talk really quickly, I don't really get it all. Yeah. But if they sort of slow it down a little bit, I can. I don't know exactly what they're saying, but I know exactly what they mean. It's a weird concept because you can pick up little bits and pieces of, mm. of the, you know, because it's essentially sort of broken English as well in there so that you pick up those, those bits of pigeon and, and uh, be able to use it and understand them and get a better understanding of them. I totally understand that, mate. It's like when I was speaking Italian to my grandparents as opposed to listening to the Italian news on, on Ray. It's um, it's different. Like, and you can, and yeah, slowing it down, and there's little bits of English. I so I completely understand where you're coming from there. Um, yeah. So my my wife's Chinese. So okay. Um. Uh, so like her mother was born in China, and then yeah. they, her family is, like went to Malaysia. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so my daughter, uh, my wife, sorry, was was born in Australia. Australian father. Um. And and even. With her, like her mum, because you know they talk Mandarin. Yep. Parker, there's all different dialects in, in Chinese, so my wife can understand it, but can't communicate in it. Yep, so, I understand right. that completely. So an, <laughs> yeah, so it's, a, it's always been an interesting concept to me, and I haven't really hit home until I went to BNG and then went, okay, now I know what she means. Yep. Mm. Now, while we're talking about culture, um, can we just go back to the tigers? Because I want to know, Maddie, how. Um, how you think the lay tigers are going to celebrate whichever team? But let's just say it's the lay tigers. What, what will that? What will that um, community do in, in, when they win a, a Digicel Cup? Oh, mate, they'll. Um, well, that, you would have seen some highlights of their games when they score a try. So even if they just score a try in the normal game, that's, yeah, they're playing at St John's Road Stadium, which is a, got the running track around it. So. I think half those blokes do, do about four laps when they score one try. So. Yeah, yeah. And I'm glad that we don't have the GPS on them because, um, yeah, <laughs> probably doing extra cases. Um, they, they, they love to celebrate. You know, they'll be adored by um, by fans in Port Moresby and back in Lay. So um, they're, they're, they're pretty much rock stars when over there. You know, everyone knows who they are. and They, they all get around in their Lay Tigers gear. And, That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, so... When when I went to PNG last year with the with the Falcons, so um, Justin's from he played for the Lay Tigers, right? So went and he he came up. He was only around three, so he was with us. And um, yeah, so he he, he came to us and said, "Oh, because when you drive to the, from the hotel to the to the ground to do your captain's run, the kids just run beside the bus." Yeah, and they right. want gear, and and the boys are great. Like they take gear after give out and whatnot. So, but it gets really dangerous, like because the kids run on the like the, the driver's side of the of the of the bus, so they're essentially mm. oncoming traffic. So you have to go, boys, just out the left, out the left, yeah. <laughs> keep them on that side. So yeah, Justin came to us and said, "Oh look, look I've got some gear from um, from my local team. Can, can I just get the boys to hand that out?" So yeah, he, he had like three or four boxes of. of um, Lay Tigers yeah, oh, wow. so um, I think the boys took two handed one out and kept one for themselves they all loved the uh, the Snacks Tigers um, training kit so, That's uh, huge. so it was all really cool so. and given given the rock star status they have over there like the the whole um, the Hunters like Queensland Cup boys coming back to their local clubs and all that sort of thing that must have been huge over there yeah well that was the thing so when um, when they Said they were going back and they were going to play. Like I, I got in touch with um, Arsene Bowers and a few of the boys, and just said, "Look, at kind of at each one, just kind of be a leader and say 
you know, make sure you go back there and share all the stuff that we've, that you've learned. You know, just give them your all the experience you can because that's going to improve the standard across the game. Um, you know, because you've got to imagine with, with the hunters normally in camp and, and playing every week, um, they might have a squad of 30 players. So there's only probably 10 guys that go back each week and, and if there's injuries, it's probably even less. So And yeah. that's spread out around a 12-team competition. So to be able to push full, your full 30 squad back in there um, to go back and work with those guys. And there's some young young kids coming through, so you want them to be role models, but you want them to also then just, there's no point in them having the knowledge. And I'm the same way, like with the same mindset. There's no point in me going out there and learning all this stuff if I'm not going to pass it on to someone. So yep. let's, let's, let's pay it forward, I guess, and, and we're going to improve the standard across the game. Yep, yep, that's awesome, man. And um, so tell us from your your point there in Carina in southeast Queensland, you're watching these games every week. How do you get did, – do they send you footage every week? Is that how you're watching all the games? Yeah, so I get um, – they have uh, Cloudberry, I think it is the app that we downloaded off, so they put it all on there. So um, it must be must it must it be all linked to uh, Fairplay. So Fairplay have Analyzer, which is the game the game footage that we cut. Yeah. It's the application that you use to cut the game footage. Yeah. Um, so they have a they have I guess like just a um, a cloud that is just for rugby league. So I can go on there and and I can't get into the Warriors, but all the NRL teams have have a have a thing in there. So it just goes on their cloud. So all their footage is uploaded to the cloud, and then you drag it off that. So PNG um, NRLC have have their own little column there. So I just click on oh, that wow. and it downloads, and then. Yeah, they, whoever's doing it on the back end separates it into round one, two, three, oh, wow. finals, blah, blah, blah. So I just, I just get that on a Monday and, and, and download it down. And, That's and, insane. And, uh, I've heard about this through through NRL referees because they, they have the analyzer as well because they have all of their decisions cut up and then they decide if it was right or wrong and things like that. And it has been my dream to have an access to that just to watch <laughs> uninterrupted. All It's just footage, raw footage with no commentary or anything like that. It's just referees and players uh, and thousands and thousands of hours. Oh, it's my dream. Yeah, so with an NRL club, so say like Melbourne, they basically have, they would have that, but then all footage gets loaded on there to, from under 16 up. Well, yeah. So their recruiters would have access to that, so that's how they watch footage. Um, yeah. Sort of just a little. You you pay for that, like obviously not something you just can download for free, but yeah. they 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 pay for that and get you know all their game all their own game footage plus all the, every other game footage that they want to look at for for um, talent identification purposes. So oh, yeah, it's really right. cool. Yeah. Um, and then analyzer. So. Um, you know, or, Cubs, we can't get it, buddy. I've already tried very hard. Mate, it's like a secret. Through, it's like a secret. It's a secret rugby yeah, league no. Netflix. I've never heard of this yeah. thing. It's great. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a great program. I actually think Craig Bellamy's um, helped develop it. So really, yeah. So I heard that. I don't know if that's a true story or not. So don't don't quote me on that, guys. But, <laughs> it's um, not like we're recording or anything, man. You are on the record, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I believe because you know. There's a lot of stories about Craig when he was at the Broncos and yeah. he would cut footage for and then you know, I think yeah, someone comes to him. So I'm pretty sure Fair Player like a cricket were cricket first. Um having talking to Joe Dawes, the PNG cricket coach, I'm pretty sure he said that they were always cricket first and then that they developed the uh, software for, for the yeah. regular ones. So um I spend a lot of time 
on Analyzer sometimes, and that's probably the boringest part of the job is that you do so much video. Yep. Um, so with the with the Falcons last year, you know, I'd probably spend 19, 20 hours doing video each week. Yep. Um, one, you know, obviously you're doing a review of what you've just done, and then you'll do previews for, for the upcoming game. And, um, yeah, so you can spend a lot of time in, in that. But that's the biggest growth area, I reckon, in PNG. Um, all of the Digital Cup franchises uh, get given an analyzer license at the start of the right. on the PNG regulation, uh, or the NRLC, sorry. Um, so they organize that. Um, we did a coaching conference at the start of the year where they actually flew the guys over from Fair Play who run Analyzer to do a demonstration. Um, but the hardest part is that, that it's only a demonstration, you know, it's only sort of one thing and they don't yep. actually get time to sit there and do it, which is why I wanted to be in country and to go around and do franchise visits because I wanted to be able to sit with them and show them how I would cut a game and, and how I would do it. Mm, yeah. So with the so with the Falcons last year, um, I'd probably – I'd only looked after attack, so and then Eric, the head coach, he did defence. So uh, at the end of the game, I'd have 300 video cuts um, all individually coded, and then you, you sort of you know hit the notes section and it alphabetizes it so you can capture it for each player and then you load it on another program so they can just watch it from their phones and stuff. Um, obviously – Dream. This is my dream. I'd love to do that in PNG, but again, the data is an issue. But um, yeah, so it's 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 a great coach, it's a great education tool, um, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure how much previous coach used it, but um, I basically was I'd cut um, video for training, and then we'd present it. So each each start of each week, we'd present it and, and try and get some guys up and have a chat about what they learnt the week before, and yeah. just sort of put the bonus back on them and. Yeah, so it's funny now. So if I if I watch a game on TV, I watch it like a like a fan, like a regular fan. Like if I hit mute, I watch it like a coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's just right. You just you're taking out the commentary, so I train myself to to watch it like a coach. And it's weird. Like I'll I'll sit there and then I'll be watching it like a fan. I'm like, why am I so why am I so intense about this? <laughs> Um, and it's like, well, okay, well, that's because you're not actually, you know, you're going to have your coach's hat on. You're, you're looking at it from a from a fan. Just, mm. Yeah, that's fascinating. That's really cool. Well, I so didn't, that, know, didn't know about it. And so you're cutting that stuff down. Are you trying to get them to do to look at stuff like which foot they're which foot they've got most pressure on when they're passing left, or or if you you look up here, you can see that this guy's on your outside shoulder. Like, what are the actual things you're cutting down and trying to show them? When you when you want them to look at small parts of their game, can you give an example? Yeah, so I'd say if you've got like a like a any of front rowers, um, so we, I would break it down as in okay, so if he's getting the footy, are you getting it at the advantage line? Are you getting it speed? Um, okay, then when you did get it, what did you do in terms of like how many changes of directions did you get? You know, like what, right. you have like certain things that you want to do, so. You, a common common one throughout rugby league, and at the moment is you attack inside shoulders. Um, yep. So so you get you know you go hard, you want to attack an inside shoulder. So you don't want to change the direction three times to get to that inside shoulder. You know, you want to be going just we used to call it one change of direction. So so that would be the thing. So even if just a, just a simple hit up, I, I, there's you know there's three or four little coaching points that I can do and I can code out. So the way I do it is just 
you know, I'd go their initials. So JP would be at the start. That'd be in capitals, and everything else is in in um, little letters. So you can sort of point out where coaching points are. So the, you just put the, their initials at the start because that's how you code their video, I guess. Yep. So um, so I'd put their video. They'd so be JP advantage line. You know, plus or minus is whether you did or you didn't. Um, and then, you, you know, you'd add on your one change of direction. So you'd put OCD, um, plus or minus. So you, you, basically that little code comes on the top of it. Mm. So when they're watching the, each clip, they can go, okay, well, yeah, I've, you know, I was good on my ad line because it's got a plus there. Um, I would, you know, change of direction. Okay, that's got a minus. So I'll watch that again and go, oh, okay, yeah, I can see what he's talking about there. Or mm. I need to ask coach what that means. So if they're uncertain. Wow. Yeah, that's man. awesome. Fascinating. Yeah, that's awesome. Mate, yeah. I, I wish I had that when I was playing. Might have been, might have been a better player. Might have still been, yeah. been playing myself. Um, Maddie, so when you're you're watching all of these games from Brizzy, and obviously you've got a keen eye on the Assay Boas and the Eden Gebbies and the boys that are in your your Hunters squad, yeah. but are you are you also watching some of the other guys to see who's who you can bring into the squad next year or? Are you giving tips to the coaches and, and other players as you go, or are you purely looking at your 30 guys that are in your in your um, Hunter squad? No, no, no. So I'm looking around for talent identification. So the, the squad that I inherited as such is, um, was picked for me. So yep. I didn't get a chance of the changeover and, and the lateness of my appointment. I didn't get a chance to cast my eye over, over the squad. So I've certainly been looking around and, um, you know, the big thing for me was getting back up there and being able to see because what you see on the video and what you don't see on the video, is, uh, yep. you know, are the things that happen off the footy and you want to know what the habits they have there and you want to know what, what they're like um, at training. So if I've got a player in mind and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll message one of the hunters boys and say, hey, how old's this guy? Um, uh, is he... I know he played in the centres. Is he just the centre, or is he a back rower, or you know, and just get a bit of feedback off that? They, I don't know if they know why I'm asking, but I yeah. just sort of ask about that because um, you know, with the, the getting the app and downloading the games, the, they've got a website with their ladder and everything, but it hasn't been updated since round nine, so it's yeah. been really frustrating. So I haven't been able to see the names and. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to work out. If you're not familiar to them, it's hard to work out who's who. Yep. Uh, but I certainly have been looking across the across the competition outside of the Hunters players. Yep. Um, yeah, there's, yes, and there's some guys there that have caught my eye. And I guess my assessment of our squad that we had last year, um, we've got some really good halves, but they're, they're really experienced halves. So yep. I'm looking around to see what young halves are there that we might be able to bring in, even if it's just for a development thing and get them in to the preseason and sort of give them a, a preseason with us and and just sort of advance their, their footy. Um, so so a young you know one or two young halves have been looking for definitely need to bol- bolster our middles. Yeah. Um, we were pretty shallow in, in the depth chart there, I reckon. And, um, and we've got some really good outside backs, but just looking for a, like a real you know some big centres. Yeah. Um, you know, I look across, you know, I remember watching the, the Broncos Roosters game when they when they tied the Broncos up. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, the, the Morris brothers are fantastic footy players, but yeah. they're, they're not what I would imagine to be, you know, 
physical specimens of the game. Um, but they looked just huge compared to the Broncos outside back. Yeah. Um, and it sort of dawned on me now. It's like, okay, well, then look across the competition and you've got some real big physical centres. You know, you don't have to be big, but, you know, Justin's really physical at, at, at Melbourne and then you can see how much damage they do. But then you see guys like Wong and Blake and, you know, they're big bodies and, and um, that young kid at Crichton and at, at um, Penrith, sorry, um, you know, he's real big and rangy. So just looking for a couple of guys that that I think will suit their new playing style. So yep. I don't know if we're going to adopt the six again. They've been talking at the Kerala would have, you know, about increasing the speed of the game. They've had their own little little interjections with rules and stuff to, to speed it up and keep the ball in play a lot longer. And yep. So just look, obviously we're going to – we might not be exactly the same, but we'll go very close to it. So looking around – Okay, well, who's going to suit that style? Yeah. Um, those middle middles that you're bringing in, they've got to have leg speed, you know. So I think, you know, the, the, especially with the new six again rule, it's probably it's going to kill off players like Matt Lodges and that who don't have the leg speed. Yep. Um, you know, they they you know they're good, they're tough, the front rollers, and they're competent, but you just don't know how how they're going to go under the new rules. Um, so yeah, just looking around those sort of things about how we can mm. do that. So many variables, mate. And are there any players that sort of stood out to you, whether they're in your squad or not, that you think, you know, with a good couple of seasons and, and of training that could maybe do a Justin Ollum and make their way up through the grade? Are there, are there guys out there with potential that you can see from now? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So there's um, was a few in the, in the Hunter squad. So Stanley Ollum really impressed me. Yep. Uh, I, actually, I actually cut him before Christmas and he got an opportunity because uh, someone sort of mucked up and, and, and vacated his spot, I guess, as the Hunters, and we, we gave Stanley a, a reprieve, and he's been really, really effective. Um, Edwin Apape is obviously back playing for the Tigers, so he, he did a pre-season, and I think he was on development contract with Manly before COVID. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So he's only 21 or 22, so he's, he's certainly got the... The, the age capacity and, um, you know, to, to be attracted to an NRL club. We've got a young back rower who's, who's, who's studying at uni and um, Kevin Apo, I think he's he's got the ability to kick on. Um, but just the hardest part is, is is getting out details about these guys that you don't know. It's like yep. trying to find out how old these people are. and um, it's, it's pretty hard, you know, because they, they don't see um, records and, they don't even know how many people play rugby league in TNG because they're not all loaded onto it. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think I spoke earlier in in that earlier podcast that we need to expose our talent at a younger age. So I'm, I'm trying to look to go young just to sort of give, you know, that opportunity. Like, there's obviously some really experienced players that play at the Tigers, but they're all getting close to 30. So it's like, well, you know, as, as much as you want to give them a go and, they might want to play for the Hunters. It's like, well, we've got to have a pathway. Like, it's got to be, we've got to get more, Justin. You know, like, we've, that, that's got to be our end goal. So, um, at some point, you've got to take that, I guess, bite the bullet there and, 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 and not give opportunities to guys who are probably not going to be attracted to NRL systems. So, yeah, some guys there. So, you know, Jordan Pat. And John Raggy Jr. for the Gurriers have been really strong. Yep. Um, Tigers have some really good um, young bench back um, bench middles. They come on and sort of play as if they actually lift the, lift the intensity. So Sylvester Namo and JJ Wallums. I mentioned Edwin Lapate before. 
Sultan yeah. he was actually um, he kicked the field goal for Wigan on the weekend to win him and get him into the grand final. Um, he he spent the preseason with us prior to Christmas. There's another young half that's only 19 with a Wigman, Jada Rimbu, who's, who's good. And then I've got some some good centres, big centres, Gilmo Paul and Stanford Toledo, who are actually both in the Hunters camp prior to Christmas. Stanford didn't come in because he wanted to focus on his studies and, and, yeah. and Gilmo was in for a bit, but he's really impressed me. So, yeah, some guys there that, that, that fit the bill, definitely. Well, mate, and it's it's... It's quite a balancing act, and it's very different to probably your normal coaching role. Yeah. Um, what's what's your what's your plan like? How many? Uh, hopefully next year, you know, Queensland Cup's back and and everything's sort of as back to normal as it can be. But how many years are you with the Hunters? And and like, what's your long term plan there? Or do, like, do you have NRL aspirations? Or what's what's the Maddie Church goal? Uh, so yeah, I signed a two two year deal with a mutual option for a third. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when the offer came through, I'd, I was celebrating my first wedding anniversary. Yeah. Um, so it was a bit difficult to say happy anniversary, babe. I'm going to PNG for three years. So uh, we had that discussion, and, and she said, well, you know, she was realistic with it as well, and she's been sensational. I can't. Yeah, that's thank the best. Support. Um, but, you know, she said, well, they're not going to want you to go for 12 months because you're not going to be able to create change in that time. So, Let's go for two, and and then and then she has an option for a third if you want to. So yeah, so we just did it like that, and um, yeah, we literally only spent three or four months in in PNG, and I you know, spent seven months at home. So, um, but um, yeah, definitely have aspirations to, to to move forward, and you know what that looks like, and I don't, I don't really know, and. Uh, just as long as I feel as if I'm, I'm moving forward and I'm growing, I'm getting better. Then um, I definitely want to go as far as I can with it. Um, I would love to work with an NRL organisation again, and, and particularly with the NRL squad. Um, I definitely could see myself as a, a development coach or um, an NRL assistant. At this stage, I don't have any grand desires to be an NRL head coach. Yep, um, I think the, the scrutiny is probably. And we've seen that this year with, uh, with some guys getting getting hammered and getting moved on pretty early in the in the season. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess the hardest part is that you don't have that NRL background to, to fall back on or, or put yourself in the picture when you know because these jobs don't get advertised all the time. There, there are a lot of word of mouth and a lot of right place, right time kind of. Well, it's kind almost of it's almost like Maddie whenever um. Whenever a coaching role comes up, it's the same three or four guys that sort of get mentioned every time, and it's like the clubs in the NRL sort of are a bit afraid to look outside, you know, the ex-players or the ex-coaches or that sort of little spectrum there. So it could it would be difficult, I guess, but it's um it's an interesting one because I feel like we don't have enough good coaches sort of able to fill the voids when they do come up. So, you know, I, I think we've got to be similar to, and this is quite off topic, I guess, but similar to how we're trying to open up pathways across the Pacific into the NRL, we need to open up some coaching pathways as well, I think, because, you know, there sh- there sh- we, we need we need more good coaches, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I totally agree. Like, um, you know, as a young coach going through, you kind of try and get as much experience and, professional development as you can and it's really hard to do because 
I guess you're all competing for jobs and people don't want to let you do it. So I, I found more um, willingness or openness to do it with other codes. So I've done some yep. stuff with yeah. AFL. With wow. Um, you know, I'm Jeff, Jeff Horn's trainer, um, I met him at a, at a function and, and I chat to him and said, oh, look, I'd just love to come down and see how you go about your business and just sort of shadow him for, for a session. And, um, yeah, so... It's all, they're all relationships, right? Like, it's about how you get your message across and all that kind of stuff. So I've done stuff with Chris Muntz, who's a, a horse trainer, and, and people thought I was fucking still. Wow, wow. What are you doing with that? Like, you know, he's dealing with horses, he's dealing with gym, and I said, you've got to talk to the jockey, you've got to talk to the owners, you've got to talk to his strap yep. staff. And, and I said, but his athletes can't talk to him, so how does he, how does he read the, you know, the animal? Like, how does he, how does he read his athletes? So, he's, you know, there's some there's some stuff there to be learned, I guess, in, in terms of how you read body language and mm. things aren't right. So yeah, people think you're a little bit weird. But that's that's what I do. You know, like, I want to get better and I want to do think do the job better and I want to be a student and grow. And you know, it's good to watch. In this downtime, we've been watching shows like Hard Knocks and yeah, uh, NFL Hard Knocks. So you get they basically people have never heard of it. They they go to an NFL preseason and they just you know, put it all on tape and yeah, some, some brutal stuff and how they do it. But someone like John Gruden, who coaches the the Raiders in the NFL, his ability to get his message across and the connection with his players, just you know, I I, I wig out on that sort of stuff and I, I like it. And I've done mm-hmm. research into Scott Robinson over at um, the Canterbury Crusaders, who's obviously had tremendous success and he does some stuff around theming. Um, you know, he puts a theme on the year and, um, yeah, I just, I guess, geek out over all that sort of stuff. <laughs> it's about getting your message across, right? So, yeah, yeah how do you do that? So, um, and, you know, I obviously have to do that when I'm dealing with Papua New Guinea and so I have to find ways of, okay, well, this worked, that didn't work and, and just being able to weed that out. And you see someone do something and it's like, oh, okay, I never thought about doing it that way, but it makes total sense for you, so... Yeah, so so being able to create a pathway for that, and you know, I've obviously been involved in the Junior Origin program, and I, I said to the guy that run that, I said, "Look, we're bringing in the best, you know, 16, 18, 20 year olds each year. Why aren't you bringing in the, you know, like twenty of them? Why aren't you bringing in the, the top ten coaches? Yeah, well, yeah, you know, like the younger guys are bringing us through, and then then you get to know who's doing the do, and then you can feed them into your system, and you know, it's." In being involved in those pathway programs, and you see a, a, a lot like um, some retired player will get a job, a uh, coaching job, and you've been in that system like trying to make your way forward for three or four years. And mm. I just don't even know actually know if you have a coaching qualification. Mm. And it's like, well, you know, when people hear busting their ass, and uh, you kind of don't want it to think it's like a job for the boys, but. Um, it has that kind of mentality about it. And mm-hmm. the, the coaches seem to be just going through a recycle bin, and they're the only ones we seem to find find out about the jobs and, yeah. and do it. So, um, to a degree, like I'm not someone that will climb over someone to get a job. Yeah, That's just not, just not who I am. Yes, I've, I've probably been afforded the luxury of being in the right place at the right time, and you know, and and relationships, but. Those jobs have been offered to me. I would like to think it's more to do with my ability and who I am as a person, as opposed to 
just because I know the, know someone. Yep. Um, yeah. But I guess you understand from an NRL point of view, you know, you know, as we've seen this year, it's, they live and die by their results. So they want people beside them who they can trust. And usually that's, that's done by working with someone. So they yeah. the same same ones over and over. And you look at boards, I guess, and boards um, have their own interest to protect, their own roles to protect. So it's, it's always easier to go for the old club legend than um, someone that you've never heard of. So. That's just my personal take on it. Not, not having That's fascinating. Now, I think right. a lot of people would agree, and I've heard the same story from a few other coaches in similar positions to yourself, mate. So it's it's certainly one that's out there, and yeah, it would be good to see see us expand and get some new names in there. Uh, Big T, before we um before we make our sandwich bet for the grand final for the Digicel Cup <laughs> grand final, do you have any questions? Any final questions for Maddie? Well, I'm just still so f- fascinated in um, the how, culturally how they celebrate because, I, I mean, I know I asked you before, but I just don't feel satiated by it because when the Tigers won into 05, we shut down the streets all over Bowman and, and <laughs> Ashfield and stuff like that. And I know that they're crazier when they just win a game. So, like, does Lay shut down? Will, will it just be days of people on the street having fun or...? Well, I've never been to Lay, so I've never been out of Port Morby, so I don't know. Any? Province or village in, in PNG is a, is separate to their own. So um, I have no doubt that they, they'll be probably a public holiday. Um, I don't know if it'll be declared a public holiday, but there'll be a lot of people not not showing up to work <laughs> on, on Monday if the Slay Tigers get through. So, um, yeah, I, I, I can't nail it down exactly how they how they would party and celebrate, but I'm, I'm quite sure that they'd all have a good time. Um, I've let staff go away for a weekend. Um, to go home and uh, and and not seen them in three weeks. So, well, um, I would imagine that yeah. it's like Dennis Rodman. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, a bit, <laughs> a bit like that. So, um, okay. Well, what about this? Do you know how hard it is to get from Port Moresby, from Port Moresby to Lay? Uh, Do I know how what? Sorry. How challenge? How hard is it to travel from Port Moresby? Oh, it's not there? hard to get to Port Moresby to Lay. Um, okay. Because they, they fly. Um, but apparently the, the the road from the Lay Airport to the Lay Footy Field is pretty treacherous. Wow. Um, so yeah, so it's, from province to province, it's not too it's not too bad or hard to, to fly. Um, but you would certainly wouldn't be able to drive um, at any great speed from Lay to Port Moresby. It'll take you hours upon hours upon hours upon pothole on pothole on pothole. Wow. Well, yeah. Right. Um, well, I'm just trying to think. Having just driven around Fort Moresby um, after after the rain, and it's a sedan, mind you, not a four-wheel drive, um, some of the potholes around Fort Moresby would probably swallow my car. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, Cubs, that maybe we just make it a bit more spicy on top of the uh, sandwich bat, that if, if COVID restrictions are gone by next year and Digicel's still firing, Lay gets up, that we have to go and celebrate with them. Yeah, I think- definitely. We should do. We need to do something. That's definitely on my bucket list, mate. And one thing's for sure: if the late tigers get up, Big T certainly won't be going to work that Monday. I can tell you that. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. <laughs> if Maddie's over there, you are more than welcome in any time in uh, in TNG. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have a big three weeks, Maddie. I can't wait. Yeah, I think we have to because we heard. I think Scott Morrison was saying today that. Uh, we won't be able to travel to Europe or the US till 2022. So P&G is looking even better. 
now. Yeah. You know? yep. It's fantastic. Yeah, so you boys are both picking the lay Tigers, right? That's where your sandwich is going? Yeah, I, yeah. I definitely, I, that's if I, yeah, if I had a stake in the game, it would be on the Tigers. All right. And so pick- despite his kiss of death, I'm still tipping the Tigers. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to have to go for the Wigman then. That's my sandwich bet. I'm going to yeah. have to go for the Hella Wigman. Um, I, because I know, I know I've been ordinary the last couple of weeks, but I did hit the round in the last <laughs> round. <laughs> you got a perfect round at the end. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and, and the Wigman log- logo is pretty awesome as well. Like it's a pretty yeah. different sort of brand. So yeah. you, me- you oh, mentioned actually, that. Yeah, with that, there's, there's actually two logos. So I'll probably um, probably should have spoken about that. There's one that actually sits on the back of their training shirt. It's yeah. actually cooler than their, the logo that sits on their jersey. So. Um, yeah, it's like a yeah. So Hella Wigman have the traditional yellow, like the Wigman or people from Hella have yeah. the traditional yellow on the on, on the face paint. Yeah. Um, but the 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 one the logo that's on the back of their training shirts and their t shirts um, actually looks like someone's got a cowboy hat, like a Hella Wigman with a cowboy hat on. It's actually pretty cool. That's so nice. it's, wow. It's a, bit, it's a bit cooler than the logo that's actually just on the front of their jersey. So. Um, Yes, I, I like it anyway. I love it. Well, it's on this weekend, this Sunday. Hella Wigman versus the Lay Tigers, the grand final on on this COVID affected season. But it's been a great one, as we've heard every week. We don't have uh, this uh, secret rugby league Netflix, so we're not going to be able to watch it. But we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna sit, sit back patiently and look wait for the updates on uh, Chasing Kangaroos social media. And Maddie, we're going to get you to come back. Although this is my, uh, mine and Big T's last episode for season two of Chasing Kangaroos. We'll be back after State of Origin, but you'll be back one more time with your wrap up of the okay. Digital Cup Grand Final, if you like. We'd love to have yeah. you one more time yeah, next week. Well, and, I might as well finish the job. And the listeners can uh, can look forward to that one, and I, I certainly am, mate. So I just want to say on behalf of all of us, mate, a big thank you for doing that because the Digital yeah. Cup is a competition that we'd love to see more of and like people whenever i put up posts on our social media about it people either comment or they dm me and they say where can i watch this why isn't it on foxtel like how do we how do we get this onto some sort of mainstream media and i think the quality is fantastic it's very different but it's great to watch and we want to see more of it so thank you for for helping us shine a light on the competition this season mate no, thank you. I appreciate the interest in the game and things. So, um, yeah, I guess I want to help the game as much as possible. So, if I can promote it or um, you know advertise our players and our pathways, I, I love I love to do it and I love to help. So, sensational, mate. Well, a big thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, for, for coming on the journey for Season 2 with us. Like I said, we'll be back after State of Origin, so sit back, enjoy the Digicel Cup Grand Final, enjoy the semifinals, enjoy Super League, enjoy the State of Origin. Uh, no internationals, unfortunately, or not many anyway, but uh, we will be back. We'll be bigger and better than ever. Uh, follow us on the socials for to keep up to date with the news while we're gone. And uh, that's it from me. Fuck yeah, Nawadi. No